Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very, very special episode of Business Growth Secrets. You're your host, Adam Stott. I'm really excited to have um, Mark Wright, apprentice winner with me today, also the CEO and uh, founder of Climb Online, which is a digital marketing agency business, which has had some stratospheric growth. It's been a, a very, very fast growing company. Mark is known as one of the most successful ever graduates from the Apprentice uh, TV program. He's a super guy, uh, really looking forward to uh, talking to him. And today, we've kind of decided what we want to talk about prior to coming on. And and I think it's going to make for a very, very interesting conversation, one that you're going to get a lot of value out. It's why do businesses, um, small businesses, stay small? Why do they not grow? And we're going to talk from two sides, right? We're going to look at the business coaching side, the things that I see, and then also Mark's side, which is understanding advertising marketing and growing businesses so welcome on mark how you doing buddy you good hey thanks adam good to be with you i know we've been threatening to do this for years um <laughs> so it's good to finally uh meet you and and have a chat and like we were talking about before i think we've both got this passion for business and helping businesses scale i do it through digital marketing you do it through business coaching and i was so looking forward to meeting you because like I was saying, I think there's so many common overlaps that I see in businesses every day that stop them from growing, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, marketing for me, I've always said that your business is an engine and the thing that fires up your engine is the fuel that goes in it, and that is marketing. How do you actually get that engine fired up and moving? And, of course, we're going to talk about that today. But, Mark, I want the audience to know you just in case they don't. I know some, a lot of them will. Maybe they've watched on TV. I've seen you've got plenty of uh, different news articles out there. You're really active on social media. Um, but do you want to give us a bit of a background on you? Maybe talk to us about uh, what prior to The Apprentice you were doing, how The Apprentice changed things, and what running this business has been like. Yeah, well, uh, thanks again for having me. So you can probably tell by my voice, I'm not from this country. Um, I'm from one that's much better at rugby and cricket um, than, than where we are right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so I came over here as a backpacker, Adam, in 2012. Um, and I think the reason I'm a successful businessman, um, which I'd say my key skill in business, even greater than marketing, is I started in sales. Uh, and I think all great business people have a engine, as you call it, of, of being a salesperson. Uh, you know, like most entrepreneurs, I wasn't the greatest at school. But when I left, um, my dad owns a, um, a used car business. So I started washing cars, which is the worst job in the world ever. Uh, so I started as a car <laughs> detailer, slowly progressed up into, into sales, working um, uh, in used car sales. Then I went into gym memberships and 
that experience of learning how to sell uh, really honed my skills of being able to communicate with people. And they say, you know, door-to-door selling or cold core selling or used car selling is the equivalent of a communications degree. Once you learn how to cold call and sell something to someone you've never met, I think you have very raw skills to go on and be a good business person. But in 2012, I came over here um, with you know, not a pot to piss in. I had 170 quid when I got to UK after two years of backpacking and I was living in a backpacking hostel in Victoria in London and started working... Backpack to Australia, Mark. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. Well, we do it the other way around. What was that all about? <laughs> we do it the other way around. So we come over here. Every Australian goes, you know, Canada, America, Europe, and I did the Europe thing and it was... It was probably the best period of my life, two years of just being a young, naughty boy. Um, you know, I, I was a tour guide from an Australian company going to festivals in the UK, um, UK and Europe, and it was great, but I ran out of money. I mean, being a backpacker is not good on the waist or the wallet. Um, so I looked a bit heavier and a bit broker when I got here and started working at a massive digital marketing agency, sort of 500 employees, started in their cold calling centre, just, you know, where the auto dialers go out and you sell Google ads over the phone. Yeah. It was, it was brutal. Absolutely <laughs> brutal. And then I had a gutful, you know, I was working at a place that their ethics and morals were horrendous and, um, massive organization. I was just a number there. So I put a business plan together, took it to a bank for a business loan, couldn't get a loan because of my visa status here in the UK. So I went an un- unconventional funding route and went on The Apprentice. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Went on The Apprentice in 2014, which was Series 10, which had 20 contestants instead of the normal 14, which I say makes me the greatest winner of all time because I had to beat the most the most people. And then I won the show in 2014, founded Climb Online with Alan Sugar. He still owns 50% today. But the success, the PR from the show, um, and the investment from Alan Sugars allowed me to find, um, I've been able to invest in five other companies, uh, in PR and, uh, property and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but the best thing about it is it's given me access to people like Alan Sugar, the ability to speak on stages, people to meet people like yourself. And over the past 10 years, I've been able to hone these amazing business skills through meeting great people and being mentored by great people. And, um, I think I've got a real passion for business and, and I, you know, I'm a bit of a geek. I watch business documentaries and read about old business structures and stuff from the industrial revolution. And it's like, it's a sickness, but it's a great, you know, I found my passion in life, which is, you know, helping companies grow, but also just really understanding what needs to change in a company to make it scale up. And, um, you know, it's been helpful for my wallet, which is which is another good thing. I love what I do, and it's made me very successful. And now I can help other people. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that's a bit about my story. A lot of people get me confused with the other Mark, right? You know, we both live in Essex. We both have the same middle name. It's a bit annoying. You know, I'm known for being getting you number one on Google, and I can't get myself number one on Google because he's more famous than me. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I didn't know you lived in Essex, Mark. Where, yes. Whereabouts are you? Did you just oh, I'm, I'm in uh, near Loughton, Chigwell area. Oh, nice. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, well, look, great introduction there. Fantastic story. The fact that, you know, you went on The Apprentice with all the right intentions, 
you know, one thing I've um, I've noticed, I've met a lot, a lot, I've got some good friends from the Apprentice um, series, I Lee McQueen, I've done a lot yeah. of events with, done really well with Lee. I know Joseph really well. Um, and then I've met Richard and several others have, have, have been on it. And certainly, the, and I was with Sean. Um, I'm yeah. not sure she was on the series be, before or after you. But I met her like, just after, yeah. I met her a few weeks ago. And do you know what the common thing is, Mark? When I asked them, did you think that you would win? They all typically answered the same thing. So did, did you think that you were going to win? Of course, yeah, of course. Um, I I said to all my friends and family, if I got through round one, I would win the show because I think round one is just Russian roulette. Uh, It's just luck to get through round one because Alan Sugar doesn't know any of the contestants at that point. If you become project manager, you have a 50% chance of getting fired. So if avoid project manager in round one at all costs. And if you can get through that, then you can start to actually Both show what you've got. Yeah. 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 And that's the, that's the common theme. So any of you that are listening to this podcast, if you want to go on the apprentice, the, the number one tip that I can say from the apprentice winners that I've heard is go in there knowing you're going to win because it's going to, it's going to help your chances massively. Well, Mark, we, we mentioned as you came on, um, and you asked me a question. You said, why do I feel that small businesses stay small? And for me, there's there's really five areas of a business that I look at when I look at businesses uh, with clients. And these five areas are marketing, branding, business strategy, the numbers, yeah. and then, of course, sales. And in no particular order, um, I feel that sales is is the underpinning it's that skill set that if you go into a business, I've never met a successful business owner that can't sell to this day. You know, never, ever met. Like, they know they can go and sell, and that is something that I think is really important. But then why do they stay small is that that marketing. Because until they understand return on investment marketing, they can't really grow their business, which is why I'm really pleased to have you on because – you work in all these different areas of marketing. And for many years, I've been teaching social media, helping people with social media. But I'm, all, I'm, a, I'm a believer, like for me, marketing is, I don't care whether it's social media, PPC, you know, Google AdWords. Uh, I don't care if it's email marketing. I don't care what you do, as long as you are going out there and getting your message to market, that's how you grow. So, you know, having said that, do you, are you in agreement? Where do you sit on the topic? Well, I kind of, I'm a bit in awe of what you've just said because it's, I completely agree. And, and it's hard for me because I go around telling anyone who'll listen how important marketing is, but they think I'm going to say that because I own a marketing agency. But I fell into marketing because I understood how important sales and marketing were in overall business success. If you look at the greatest companies of all time or in the world today, the leader of that business are is a great marketer. If you think about Steve Jobs or you think about Elon Musk or anyone that comes to your mind, Richard Branson, whoever, they are great marketers at their core and everyone knows of their business. And before anyone can buy anything off you, they got to know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Best products or service in the world, but if no one knows it, they ain't buying it, right? Well, exactly. You know, that's the bottom line, right? So I, I love it. And that for me, that's, again, it's like if you can get – the funny thing is, if you can get a small business owner to just test it and get a win, right, that's when the game changes for them because they have this this absolute game-changing moment where it's like, oh, my God, what, I can buy a client? 
I can get somebody to come and into my business and be a client. And all I've got to do is pay a little bit of money. And then they pay me a lot. It's like, I call it, it's almost like a, a digital cash machine. You put a hundred quid in, you get 500 quid out, you're winning. Right. And for me, that's what I look to do with the clients. So, you know, I'm all in on what you do. Why don't we talk about what do you like in terms of marketing, digital marketing? You have all different types of areas that you work in. What are the, Areas that you feel are missed opportunities for a small business owner, perhaps. We'll start there. Oh, Adam, there's so many. I mean, uh, firstly, I agree with with everything that you you've said. I mean, I, I love working with small business owners when they see that success for the first time, particularly where I've had to convince them. You know, just <laughs> give me five hundred quid or a grand, and then they get eleven grand back, and you're like. Now imagine if you spent that eleven grand, you'll get a hundred thousand, and then it's just exponential um, growth. And 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 I think it comes back to education and what you do with business owners is you need to change the way you think about marketing and sales. I've sat with so many companies that say, "Oh, we've got no leads and we've got low sales," and you say, "How much are you spending on marketing? Nothing. How many people in your sales team? No one." Well. Where are you going to get leads from? I don't understand how you can complain about not hitting your targets if you don't spend money on um, sales and marketing. But I think there's key areas which are missed opportunities. First of all, I think every business owner or entrepreneur needs to see themselves as the first point of marketing for their business. The reason I'm here with you today doing this is this is marketing, making myself a key person of influence, doing podcasts, writing a book, speaking on stage. My two biggest customers of all time have come from me speaking on stage, getting my, haven't come from anywhere else, uh, networking events. So first of all, getting myself out there as a marketer has been super important. And the other areas are the ones that most get overlooked, which is uh, writing how-to guides and, uh, and blogging and, and putting stuff out there like video content and email marketing. They're the cheapest, basically free, just talking to your database, but they're the most effective because you're speaking to people who already know and like you. Um, so I'd say if I was starting out with a very small uh, budget or no budget, I would start with getting myself out there, speaking on stage, doing a podcast, whatever it might be, and doing some email marketing, I think you'd get a 20 to 30 times return for no money down. And that's where I have arguments with people who tell me they haven't got budget for marketing. We haven't talked about spending a pound yet. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you 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 speak about speaking as something that, you know, because it is, there's there's no more, when you get up on stage and you're talking to a room of 100, 200, 500 people, whether it is, if it's 20 people, if it's five people, right, you are the authority on the subject that you're talking about and people are looking to you for that answer. So they are, you're already giving yourself a, a massively enhanced opportunity to get the business. Uh, well, there was a bit of a penny drop moment with me where I used to go around, like I said, I was a cold, cold caller. Then I went door to door selling Google ads. The first time I spoke on stage, the first time I spoke, there was four people there. I wasn't a big, a big hitter. And then, you know, then I was getting to 20, 30, 40 people and the penny dropped. I can be in one meeting at a time with one person or I can speak to 30 people. So this is the equivalent of 30 meetings, which would take me a month to do. So I could get through the room so quickly and realize who could be a new customer for me whilst educating people and doing a good thing, refining my communication skills, helping people with their business, even if they don't become a customer, but also winning new business. And I was like, 
as much of this stuff I can do, the better. And as I say, my two biggest customers ever came from public speaking. So I was getting paid to speak on the stage, call it two, three grand. Then I got a deal that was worth 1.7 million pounds to me. So I made like 2 million quid overall for nothing. And I was like, I was like, this is unreal. Like this is the most <laughs> untapped form of, you, you know, people say that they're more scared of public speaking than dying. I don't understand that. I love it. But I think if you, you, you need to learn it and craft it because it can change your business. Absolutely. And in today's world, public speaking is now so much more, right? It's uh, what we're doing now, podcasts, it's Zoom calls, it's Zoom meetings, it's webinars, as well as your your networking event that you could go to, as well as your large event that you could go to. You've got so many different opportunities to get your message out in front of people. And yeah, it was, um, I remember the same thing the first time I spoke on stage. It was a shock that people were running up to me saying, hey, you know, how can I do this with you? They're almost annoyed. I didn't offer them something. You know, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's that's very very powerful because the same people you have to chase for a year to get them to return your phone call. It, it, the, the dynamic is really <laughs> in, it, well, and the same goes for. Before I went on to the Apprentice, I would ring up a carpet shop and say, "Can I show you Google Ads?" and they tell me to f off. Basically, I went on a TV show and got that authority from you know the publicity of the show and Alan Sugar and all of that stuff. I can ring up any company and get a meeting now because of the credibility of the show. And I think that one thing that speaking does, writing a book does, having a podcast, it gives you credibility. And I think any business owner's job is to get credibility because the more people who know you and like you will buy from you. You know, my good friend Grant Cardone always says Starbucks doesn't make the best coffee, but it's the most well-known, so it sells the most. And I'm just anyone who can hear about you today that didn't know about you yesterday is a form of marketing, and then you buy credibility. And once you've got credibility, it gets a whole lot easier to sell whatever it is that your business does. Absolutely. So, of course, we're moving into that branding aspect, right? How do yep. you call it that brand? And that, that brand is the, is the perception. So fantastic. Yeah. Completely agreeing. Some really good tips already for anybody. And you, you've mentioned that your first thing you would do is, is go out as a marketer. If you had no budget or zero budget starting off, first thing you're saying you would do would go out, get yourself a little bit more well known, collect the data and start email marketing. That would, be- that would be it. And I, and at that point, Adam, I've spent no money. I've not put a fiver into my marketing yet. And that's what really drives me crazy with people. How they say, I've tried marketing. It doesn't no, work. No. What do you mean you've tried marketing? There's so many different forms of marketing. And I think marketing starts with you. Sales starts here. Marketing starts here. And once you become the face of your business, which every entrepreneur should be, um, then you can get into, we can talk about Google ads or SEO and the stuff that costs money, but that is after you've got something worth shouting about. Absolutely. Which brings us to the next point. So now we're at the stage, we've gone out, we've done those early bits, we've got a little bit more well-known, we've got some email marketing, we've done our first sales. Now we're ready to invest a little bit of money in marketing, right? Yep. Now this is what I say, the funny thing is with someone's mentality when they're marketing is this, is if you went out and you had a meal, and you spend, I know you went for a nice meal and you spent a hundred pounds, you go with your missus, your friend, whatever. You've had your meal, you've had your meal, you've had your wine, you spent your hundred pounds, the hundred pounds gone and you pay the bill. You don't think about it. That's like, oh, I had a nice evening. I go home, spend a hundred pounds as a marketer, as a business owner 
and they get very weirded out very quickly. So like they give them the money. It's like, oh my God, has it worked yet? Has it worked yet? Has it worked yet? And they get really, really stressed very, very, very easily, very, very, very quickly. And that's what I noticed. Now, one of the things that we used to do, Mark, I'll tell you, you asked what, what we did. We did this for a few years. So when I first off started speaking, um, we ran an event and this event was called Rockstar Social. And what we would do is we would sell a two day course where we'd bring 50 entrepreneurs into a room and we would get them to run Facebook ads in the room and these Facebook ads. And we would literally show them on their laptops how to increase their following. So many people in the room would get 10,000 followers that day, a thousand followers, depending on how much they wanted to spend. And many of them would get their first 10, 20, 30 leads. Brilliant course. But knowing what Facebook's like nowadays, you can run that course. Because what would happen is you'd start, that one would get banned, that one would get restricted, that one would have a problem, and then you'd spend all day, every the whole day, trying to fix issues rather than, and no one would answer the phone, you'd have a very room with disgruntled people. So we don't run that particular event anymore. However, I did run it for a few years. And what I noticed was no matter how much money the business owner had, if it was their first foray into marketing, they got weirded out and they got weirded out quickly which is why it's a hard business for small businesses, isn't it? Setting up a marketing agency, it's hard. But I know you deal with a lot of bigger businesses a lot of the time, don't you now, where they get it, right? Um, So what do you think, if somebody's going to do their first investment in marketing, what would you recommend for them? Well, you just said there's so many different things, which is fascinating to me. And (laughs) one one of the key things you've just said is, I, when I work with a small business and I talk about marketing budget, spending money, they get weirded out. And then I work with big businesses who get it. And surely there's a hint in there that <laughs> the big business, business exactly, <laughs> exactly. Every time I sit with a, a, a multi-billionaire or a massive company, they say, they ask the question, how much can I spend? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Small business says, how, what's the minimum that you'll take? And those two sentences is why one is small and one is, is big is big business owners, serious entrepreneurs understand you need to spend money to make money. You need to invest money to make money. You need to spend money on marketing to get sales. And the more money you spend, ultimately, the more that you can get back. Then the question becomes, which channel should I spend on? And, and that's really where I think small businesses can, can change their scaling life is if you can, you should be spending on average successful businesses in the UK spend 11% of their turnover on marketing. And that varies based on industry, yes. et cetera. But if I'm just taking a broad average, it's about 11%. If you take it's 11%. That's really interesting. Yeah. What's what that? you just said? I met with a furniture uh, billionaire. A furniture guy, um, at a company called Mark David Furniture in America. And he said in America, the average is about 10%. It's the same sort of thing. He used to go absolutely mental if they didn't spend 20% of the revenue, regardless of the result in, on a monthly basis. It, it was his, he said, my main metric was, have we spent 20% of turnover on, on marketing? Because I knew that the turnover grows with the marketing, right? And that was his uh, his mentality. It's really interesting that you say the eleven percent. I cut you off there. No, this is this is the thing. It, it, he gets it, and that's why his business. Everyone knows of his business, and that's why his uh, company is successful. Is you know, I always say the day I'll stop marketing is the day McDonald's stops. Because, you know, if you look at the top revenue spenders on marketing every year, it's always the same names. 
It's always the same businesses. They know how to push the boundary and, and get known of. But I would challenge any business in, in, that, that's not scaling well at the moment to dedicate, let's call it even 10%, and throw it out on multiple channels and see what works best. And then once you get a feeling for what works best for your business and your product, scale up on that specific channel. But just because you tried Google Ads work once and it didn't work or you didn't get the result you wanted, doesn't mean Google Ads doesn't work. It means you maybe didn't do it correctly. It wasn't right time in your business. The setup wasn't correct. There's so many different ways. Um, so dangerous, isn't it? Well, Mark, yeah. because you'll get a business that Google Ads is absolutely electric for. They'll, tr- they'll use a bad marketer. It doesn't quite work out. And not only have they wasted their money, but they've done something even worse than that. They've killed that channel for them mentally. Yeah. And if you kill that channel for them mentally, you're costing that business millions of pounds over the next five years. I have the most brilliant story about this, by the way. So we work with a huge uh, cruise ship company. They do cruise uh, cruises all around the world. Anyway, uh, when they first did Google AdWords before coming to us, it was a disaster. And the leads that they were getting were garbage, basically. And the sales team get the leads. And when the sales team, they've got a massive sort of thousand person sales team. And it says on the top of the lead what channel it's come from, newspaper, PPC, radio, whatever. Anyway, so the first time they ran uh, PPC, it was a disaster. None of the leads converted. And the whole organization had in its head that PPC leads were garbage. Anyway, we're running the campaigns. They started working really well, but they still weren't converting. So the CEO did the most genius thing. He changed on the top of the lead. He changed all the names down and they started converting at the highest thing and the exact same leads. And it was just a, a great, you know, your mindset as a business owner or a business, you've got to be so careful what the organization thinks about any specific thing because it, those leads were wasted money, even though they were great leads, just from a previous marketer that had come in and messed that channel up for them. And it was a great lesson for me. It happened really early on in my career that, you know, that mindset issue, there can be something that's happened in a business past that needs re-education, uh, was really powerful for me. But I think, you know, to come back to the question, I think, first of all, it's got to start with the mindset. Then it's a trial and error based on your your type of business. And I always say to any business owner is create every business, I think, can do better on their financials, knowing their numbers, having a P&L set of management accounts that they review weekly or, or monthly. Have a budget prescribed for marketing and make sure you hit it or overachieve it. And if you find a channel that doesn't work for you, challenge yourself to still spend the money, but spend it somewhere else. Because there will be something that works for you and you've just got to keep going until you find it. Because you said about Facebook, you used to sit there and get thousands of followers and likes and engagement and all of that stuff, which used to be the way then we know what's happened with the algorithms and all of that stuff. Today's theory of that is TikTok. Right now, TikTok is booming and their algorithm is allowing you to get millions of views, millions of follows etc. Now that will change like everything else. They'll realize they want to make money from advertising and people paying to play and all of that stuff. And it goes the way. But if you're an early adopter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you can get loads of followers, early sales and a low cost revenue coming in. And it's about being tangible, knowing that what's working for you today will not work tomorrow. But as long as you're open to that change, 
and challenging yourself and business, you'll always be successful. If you think about companies like House of Fraser and all of this that have died on the vine, they got so used to doing things the old-fashioned way or we've always done it this way, and then all of a sudden you're at bankruptcy court. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact you're saying they're tests because I'm a, a big believer on, you know, and, and we still we still market in old-school ways, you know. We still do some direct mail yeah. um, because we still love it, still works for us, people still open it, you know, and we, we still get results. So for me, you know, it's a, it's a business owner saying this is my message. This is who the message is for. It's my job to get my message to this person. And as many times as I can get that message to them, that's going to result in us getting the result because I know who I want and I know what I want to say to them. Now we've just got the marketing is what joins that gap, right? 100%. And, you know, it it doesn't matter how it gets to them. That could be on a a billboard. (laughs) You just want it. You want it in the end. You know, I spend a fortune on radio ads. I own a digital marketing company i don't care if they see it on a movie cinema pre-commercial in a magazine on a flyer on a cab door and good companies like boohoo kazoo all of these people they understand that this premise that that when they sponsor the premier league a premier league team how the hell you track the roi from that i have no clue but it's working for them and it and this you know the problem with the internet is it gave people too much trackability too much ROI reporting and everyone started to expect two pound for one pound down and it created a bad mindset where if you go and sponsor the England cricket team today, how do you know what return that's going to get you? But I bet you a lot of people are going to, eyeballs are going to see your logo who didn't know about your logo yesterday and there's value in that. And if you unsponsor the England cricket team, who are you meeting in the, in the boardroom, right? You know, because that's, because that's where your 1.7 million pound deal is, right? So you've got a people got thinking that way and that relationships is obviously critically important. So what do you see? Let's ask you a slightly different question, Mark. What do you see being that you're in it? You're in the trenches with this stuff every day, dealing with companies, looking at marketing. What do you see as some of the short term future? What do you see opportunities for business owners on certain, either certain channels, certain methods, or is there anything that you feel Hey, you know, this, this is a worth you investigating, right? You should be looking in this area. Well, it's a crazy time in, in my world. When I first started, there was just SEO. I was, I'm an old man. You won't be able to tell. Then there was just Google ads. And then there was loads of businesses that Google ads really worked for them and they got addicted to it. It became the crack cocaine of small businesses. Google ads, Google ads, Google ads. And then it got expensive and, you know, things happened. And that's where I say you need to be open to changing all the time. Then Facebook came along and Facebook really started to work. Then it started to die out a bit. Then Instagram. Now we're on to TikTok. TikTok is, it's about to boom. It's about to be boom time for uh, what Facebook was a few years ago is going to be TikTok over the next 18 months. Um, and, and, and I couldn't encourage people enough to adopt and use it as much as possible. Wherever you can, you should be using video creatives um, for your business. Any video that you create for your social media or website should be going on your YouTube channel. You have to have YouTube. No matter what happens to everything else, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world and is here to stay. So creating even content like we're doing now can go to wherever it needs to go but should always be backed up on YouTube because I think it will outlast all of the sort of social media trends. 
Um, and, and, and just staying, you know, staying relevant wherever possible. I don't think, you know, speaking on stage, being on radio, doing a podcast, those things are going to be around for years to come and always be powerful. So I would have an underlying backing of, of doing those things, making sure you're doing your simplest stuff like having a sales team. I still don't know a business that doesn't need a sales team. Um, making sure you're doing email marketing and, and all of the basics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I've never met a business that doesn't need sales. And, um, and, 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 that, and that's it. Business is a simple game if you do the simple things right. You know, internal systems, having a good CRM system, a good CRM system that prompts you with email flows, um, all of your stuff like that, like a HubSpot or, or, or whatever it might be, can completely change your business. But again, people don't want to spend money because HubSpot and, and Salesforce, these things are expensive. But if you're going to set yourself up for growth and for scale, you need these systems and they'll do a lot of it for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll mention what we did with TikTok ads just, just briefly, right? Hey. When, when the pandemic first started, we run lots and lots of Facebook ads, uh, tons of Facebook ads. And this is quite a while back. We got a TikTok ads manager account and it was very early because you couldn't even set one up. You had to apply for one, as you probably know. And, uh, we applied for one. So it was like, we're going to test this because I'm always looking to test new things. I ran a few ads on TikTok and we've been running the ads for our events on, um, Facebook, spending about six grand per event for a Saturday event on like a webinar, right? Yeah. I spent eighteen hundred pound on TikTok um, instead of doing the Facebook ads. The leads that we got in, the people were more enthusiastic. They were absolutely over the moon. They were they the show up rate was massively increased, and we spent a third of the money. Now, the first week of using TikTok ads, I I got like a five to one return on investment. Oh, yeah. We did, yeah, mass uh, first first one. We've been doing it ever since. Yeah. You know, and I've been doing it for a long, 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 long time. And it's been been really, really good. Uh, the only pain with TikTok I've found is the intense amount of creatives. So if you don't change the creatives, they just burn out. Yeah, so needs, and their creatives need to be pretty sharp uh, yeah. and they need to be refreshed constantly. And there's a bit of upfront cost there. But the thing you did well is, one, you're an early adopter and you understand how these these things work. Like we, we put a video out on TikTok the other day, the same video some, and someone else did it and they did a podcast with me. I said some stupid thing that I normally say. They've cut it into a clip. They put the same clip on Instagram and on uh, TikTok got 12,000 views on Instagram. It got 1.4 million on TikTok. And it's because the algorithm is allowing you to go. If the content is getting engagement, they let it go where Instagram is holding you back if you don't pay for the promotion. And you know, the users are figuring this out quite quickly because people like you and I, Adam, that have been around since the start have noticed slowly that engagement. We're like, well, we're not doing anything differently. What's happening? And the algorithm keeps getting tweaked and tweaked. So you've got to pay to play. And, you know, there are public companies that have got to do returns to shareholders and those shareholders want to see returns like that, which means the money down from the users has to keep going up. But that's not an infinite game because that kills the platform at some point. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have to, you know, how you change is how you succeed, especially with marketing, you know. Um, it's, it's really interesting. You know, the things that you're picking up on, um, you're saying as well, the sales team, we, took, we, we mentioned we were going to make it about how small businesses, why do they stay small? And I think we've nailed it there being the answers are, you know, you've got to start working on your marketing. I always say three things that grow a business, 
marketing, sales, branding. Yeah. You've mentioned the branding. Build the brand very, very early. Make sure you're obviously able and you've got the ability to sell your products and services and make sure you market yourself in the other way. Now, the other two, what the other two that I mentioned, that's like the staying on top of it. Is your strategy going to keep you profitable? Is your strategy to bring the right people to the business? And obviously your numbers, you've got to know your numbers, baby, because if you don't know your numbers, you can find yourself in trouble on you. So, you know, there's some, some, some amazing, amazing stuff there, Mark. Look, so Mark, a couple of bits. I, you know, I know firsthand how good you are, what you do. One of my clients, a very good client, mine's been a client for a long time, Palm, um, had told me for many years that you've done a fantastic job for him um, with his PPC, his SEO. He's fantastic at what he does. He's a, and he's grown exponentially. Someone's working on his brand a lot now as well. Um, and he recommended you to me years and years ago. So, you know, I know that what you do is great. How would somebody, what's the type of people you work with and how would somebody get in touch with you? Well, thank you, mate. So our business is called Climb Online. Um, you can search for it on any social media platform, any online platform, searching for climb.online will come up or me, Mark Wright. I'm, I'm verified on all social media platforms and I can point you in the right direction. But you're, if you're a business that needs more leads and sales, and like Adam and I were saying, I think every business needs more leads and sales. I've never met one that doesn't yet. We cut out a bit there, Mark. We cut out of there a bit. So go back a little bit. No worries. Yeah. So if, you, if you're a business that needs any more leads or any more sales, look me up or look up Climb Online because I know sitting with myself or one of my team, we can show you a way to get cheaper leads, cheaper sales and more of them. So any business from about a million pound turnover upwards on any online platform, we can help you optimize. And, you know, we will challenge you on your budgets on the way you're doing things, on can it be done better, show you new things or just improve what you're doing as well. But, um, you know, to come back to one thing we're talking about, Adam, sometimes I get people um, who linked in me and they're complaining really and they say, I've had a person from your company ring me. I've seen Facebook ads from you. I've had uh, I heard you on LBC. Uh, then they emailed me three times and they think I'm going to go and yell at my sales and marketing team. They're getting a big pat on the back from me when I walk out of that meeting because I want to hit everyone knowing about who I am, what we do, and why we do it, because I believe we're doing it for the right reasons and can help people, but that tells me we're doing a good job. If you're, if I'm annoying you because you're hearing and seeing me too much, that's no complaint. <laughs> You've just given me a pat on the back. <laughs> I think you're adding value as well, you know, add lots of value today. But I think uh, I love the attitude, and I think there's a business growth secret in that. If you can adopt that attitude and that mentality that March just said, you're going to be a hell of a lot more successful. 100%. So fair, fair play to you. Right? <laughs> so well, I want to say a big thank you, Mark. It's been been amazing. Any last bits that you want to mention, or you, you know, I think you've uh, all good. Go and visit Mark at Climb Online, or, or hit him up on social media. Make sure you follow him. He's doing some amazing things, and, and I'm sure Mark will we'll have you at an event soon to come. And I'd love, I'd love that. And, and just remember, you know, growth starts within yourself. You've got to want your business. 
um, to be bigger and you need to be open to trying things you've never done before. And if you just accept the lessons that you learn from Adam or, or when you hear reading a book or a podcast, whatever it might be, try it. There is no harm in trying it. And that, 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 that analogy about the dinner, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to be open with you. That is brilliant. <laughs> when, when you go out for dinner and you spend a hundred quid, it does not, you never register that hundred quid again. If you did that with marketing for a month, you'd have a completely different business. Love it. Love it. And Thanks, you, took up, you took you up in the gear, Mark, as well. <laughs> They're good stuff. No, thanks, Mark. Been amazing. I think it's a brilliant episode. Loads of value there. Uh, thank you for coming on. And make sure, if you haven't already, make sure uh, to subscribe to this podcast. We've got amazing episodes coming up. Loads of great stuff coming up. And if you enjoyed it, of course, go and give us a lovely five-star review. Big thank you to Mark for coming on. And I look forward to seeing you that are listening in person very, very soon. Thanks, Adam. Hi everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.